Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Saturday Morning Rewind. For the safety of you and others, please make sure all hands, feet, and arms remain inside. And please, watch your children. And now, let the show begin. Welcome to Saturday Morning Rewind. A show dedicated to the love of animation and feeling like a kid again. So let's go back in time to when cats defended Third Earth. Sword of Omens, give me sight beyond sight. A masked duck protected the streets of St. Canard. I am the terror that flaps in the night. And knowing was half the battle. Yo, Let's go back with Saturday Morning Rewind and your host, Tim Nidell. Hey, what's up, Toonsters? Tim Nidale here from Saturday Morning Rewind, bringing you yet another bonus interview for this month. So today I have the one, the only, Carlos Alizraki. Carlos and I met up at the Voice Actors Rock event a couple months back, and I uh, gave him my card, and he contacted me, and we had our little interview, and it's a fun time. I had a great time talking with him. And uh, of course, Carlos, you can see him on Reno 911. He was Deputy James Garcia. Junior, here's the Junior and his family out on the porch. A lot of you probably know him from that, but me, I loved him as little Rocco on Rocco's Modern Life. Well, okay, but nothing too fancy, please. It's for my mom and dad. Of course, he's done many other things as well, which we talk about quite a bit in the interview, so I hope you have a fun time listening. It was a fun time talking with him. Of course, make sure to check us out online, SaturdayMorningRewind.com. Check out our Patreon page, or if you want to get your name mentioned in one of the episodes, check it out. You can donate a dollar, you can donate five, ten, thirty. There's perks for every one of them, so go check that out. It's on our website, SaturdayMorningRewind.com. All right, guys. Hope you guys really enjoy it. Here's Carlos Alzraghi. I just want to thank you so much for coming on, and it was a pleasure meeting you last week. Yeah, likewise. Yeah, what a fun event. I mean, I know you work with a, a ton of them in, in the voiceover world. Did you know that they all can sing like that? I knew about Tom Kenny, and I knew about Jess. I didn't know about Troy Baker. I knew Debbie could sing, but she used to sing her little honey pig band, so it wasn't as bluesy. And yeah. I knew Billy was pretty talented, but uh, everybody was exceeded my expectations. It was a great show. I know you were like a last-minute addition to the lineup to be the host of it. What was that like for you to be like a last-minute? How did you determine what you're going to be doing on stage? Um, well, Tomcat asked me about two weeks out, and I didn't know. I just knew that I didn't need to be the center of the attention because, you know, it's about the bands and stuff. So that was that part was easy. And then I just thought, oh, let me do something musically inclined. Let me do some fun character voices and sing. Since I don't sing, I'm a karaoke quality singer. Let me just make it fun if I do do any singing. So that's kind of the way I went about it. Yeah. I mean, when you did, when you went into Creep with Rocco singing it, that was just yeah. epic. <laughs> and then yeah. Like, and as I said, I'd heard the song many times before, but I had never got the lyrics down. So, yeah, yeah I just thought that fit him, you know. Yeah. So good. I'm glad that I'm glad that people liked it. Yeah, I was just talking to Eric Bowser, and he liked the the Ricky Gervais joke I did about uh, after Tom Kenny singing Roadhouse Blues. Once again, a classic example of white people stealing black people's music and getting credit <laughs> yeah. for it. 
Yes, interesting. That was no Kevin Michael Richardson, never heard of him. <laughs> Gary Anthony Williams, don't know who he is. He's at Yarborough, having a clue. So good. No black people here. <laughs> and then your your Bernie was a big hit too. The Bernie Sanders, that's right, Overkill. So yeah, it was just fun to mix that up, you know. And the crackers singing comfortably numb. Oh, and those yeah. are the characters that are, were most prominent. I, I could have done Garcia from Reno Nine One One, but it was a voiceover show. Exactly, so, exactly. Okay. You know, it's funny Reno Nine One One. It really hits home to me because I'm actually from Reno originally. And so, oh, wow. yeah, I grew up there and I moved away when I was 13, but that's where I grew up as a kid. And so when I saw that, I was like, you know, it's my hometown. It's so cool. And of course, it's not filmed in Reno. It's not, it's nothing like Reno. No. It's just hilarious in itself. Just second unit stuff for, for exteriors. I think the last time I was there, that casino Fitzpatrick's was being boarded up. Oh, yeah. Because I stayed at the Silver Legacy and was doing comedy and it's just... The new uh, River Center down there looks great. Yeah, no, I was just there... Yeah, I was just there last summer. Yeah, it looks good. Yeah, it really made that that area look better. There's still a couple of, you know, stragglers that hang around and you yep. know, it's got its parts. But did you guys ever hear back from the police department in Reno to see how they liked the show? We landed in Reno for a MySpace. That's how long ago it was wow. a MySpace competition where you got to meet the cast of Reno in Reno. We got in the airport, got off the gate, and there was like eight officers with their arms folded just scowling at us. And then <laughs> we got nervous, and then they just like, ah, we were just pulling your leg. And yeah. like, oh, we love the show. Let's take pictures. That was my only experience there. I remember being recognized in Vegas uh, by somebody. That was kind of nice. Yeah. It's it's almost like it's almost like the show Scrubs. It's to where it's yeah. almost the most realistic look into the world of either being a doctor or a cop. You know, because you guys have yeah. to you have to have fun on you know on the job, even as police officers. So I'm sure a lot of them are like that in person. Yeah, we meet people from all over the country when I was doing stand up and traveling on the road. The, the guy, oh my god, we got a dangle at our office, and you're we have a Garcia and we have a Jones. It's like you guys hit the nail on the head. Yes. And it, what's interesting about Scrubs is like our first season, I think, the Halloween episode where we're in the doctor's lab and I hide inside the morgue thing. That was the Scrubs Hospital, which is now a bunch of apartment complex. Wow. Complexes. Yeah. And Riverside and Whitsett. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, but most of the cops say, no, you guys nailed it, man. Exactly. I a cop the other day came to my comedy show and he said, like, yep, you guys got it. We showed that <laughs> video when... Garcia has to shoot a dog to put it down, and the neighbor complains that that's my dog. He said, "Oh man, we showed that in training. <laughs> you know, what not to do?" Yeah, that was pretty cool. Tell me about <laughs> tell me about yourself. Um, as a kid, were you into a lot of cartoons or animated features? I think this is a, as a what do they call that? A lucky child or whatever. I, yeah. I came home from school, and that's what I'd do. I'd watch cartoons. Um, so yeah, you know, I don't know that. I as much in the voiceover passionately or the cartoons and animation. I love doing it, but watching cartoons, I could, I'm okay with it. Like I don't watch a lot of stuff, even the stuff I do. Yeah. I can't get to it. I've got kids. I like watching dramas. I like watching Dateline. I watch documentary stuff. So, um, yeah, but I'm proud of like Rocco because the first one, I think that's a great quality camp lab. Well, any Joe Murray stuff, I recently got to work on Clarence, and that's a fun show. I like his his soft energy. Fairly Odd Parents, I'm, I love too, but I, I wouldn't say that I'm a cartoon or an animation aficionado where I know all the shows and I'm a part of it, but it's mm-hmm. just what I do. 
But there's some Elena Valvoir is my latest one that yeah, I'm proud to be a part of. It. It's mm-hmm. really cool. It's a cool Disney princess. She's not you know away. She's not depending on a man. And I, I play kind of a candy heroic character. His name is Skyler. He's a he's a Jacqueline, half jaguar, half macaw. But um, so the because of social media and stuff, I'm learning to get into the things that I'm I'm part of. But quite naturally, as a kid, I watched cartoons and I loved them. I didn't know that that people did that. I didn't know about June Foray and Don Messick and yeah. all those guys, but I just knew that they were entertaining. Hey, Bubble Wee! And all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Here comes the Don Fighter, Quickstraw. And then I used to love the Pink Panther. Come on, did you? Yeah, off. Okay. I'm going with you instead. I just loved all that stuff naturally without knowing that I was an animation geek. So I wouldn't call myself like a Comic-Con mm-hmm. level geek. I would call myself, yeah, I love cartoons. Your impersonations are amazing. Um, did you do that as a kid too? Did would you impersonate people as a kid? Yeah, I did. I kind of grew up with my my uh, my best parents were from from Glasgow, Scotland. Growing up, Kevin, so all his parents, his friends, you know, they talk like that. So mm-hmm. imitate them, and then I would imitate my mom with a Spanish accent, and then I went over to TV and I, you know, God gives you the same for sure. I would do all that mm-hmm. stuff as a kid and imitate. Um, uh, what was the actor's name? My cousin Vinny, her, uh, <clears throat> the Munsters. Yeah. Um, I would imitate him, Herman Munster. I won't, I won't, I won't. And just for the, my swim team, when we'd go down to the pool, <laughs> uh, and I would do it for those guys. So, yeah, I was always imitating school teachers, people. Oh, yeah. Just to be a cut up, just to get attention, you know. Oh, I can imitate people. That would get me attention. So, <laughs> yeah. And what about Rocco? You said that was your first voiceover gig. How did you land the role of Rocco? Rocco, I was in San Francisco. I didn't have an agent. There was my manager, Tracy Forster, knew a guy uh, at San Francisco State. He was producing this project uh, about a character named Rocco. And the auditions were in a guy, George Maestri's house near Sutro Towers in San Francisco. And I made a tape in a kitchen in Sacramento. I was on the road doing comedy. And um, I... I just got there and did Gene Wilder. I didn't know what the voice was going to be for the character. And they said, well, that's a funny voice. Hang around. And we don't want to go Australia, but try this. And I just started talking like this. And I read it. I think it was like a vacuum outlet thing. You know, how plug hose A into, into socket C and put the pieces together. And they're like, wait a minute, that's kind of interesting. We didn't want that at first. And then they sent it off to New York and, and they liked it. And then we made a pilot at a place called Poolside Studios behind uh, Mel's Diner on uh, on uh, Lombard and Steiner. And we made our little pilot, and I was on the road in Seattle, and they said, hey, Rocco's going to series. I'm like, all right, cool. So. Yeah, Rocco, it's yeah, it was, still one of my favorite cartoons, and my I'm showing, I have three girls myself, uh, 12, 9, and 4, and they all love it, especially, uh, especially the four-year-old. She has no idea what she's watching, but she loves it. Yeah, it's coming back. You know, and there's unofficial news about a Rocco movie. It's it's not officially announced by Nickelodeon, but we're, we're pretty sure it's happening. Oh, so nice. Yes. We just can't officially say, hey. Yeah. yeah. We can only hint and clue and wink, wink. But, yeah, it's, it's gaining a new generation of followers. And uh, we did a live event in 2010, I think. Mm-hmm. No, 2012. And uh, a bunch of people came out. It was sold out. 600 seats downtown Independent Theater immediately. Wow. 
Um, Rob Paulson was our was our host, and we had Joe and Martin Olson and T- Doug Lawrence and Tom Kenny and Charlie Adler and uh, Swampy and Swampy Marsh and Povenmire came by and sang the recycled song. And then more recently, maybe two years ago, two summers ago, Tom and Charlie and I went to a Florida Supercon and did a live reading of Cabin Fever, and then we signed autographs, and it was a big hit. People <laughs> loved seeing the Rocco gang back together, so very yeah. proud of that. What was it like for you when you first went into the recording session and there was somebody like Charlie Adler and somebody who's been doing it for several handful of years, and then who you are, brand new at it. What was that like? Yeah, but I've often described that. I walk into the booth, and I see this guy sitting down, and I see pages just flying off the music stand, <laughs> and he's doing bad big head and Mr. Big Head and a third character. And he's like, oh, hey, and then he's like, that's it, I'm done. And I'm like, oh my God, this guy is amazing. I am in over my head. Uh-huh. You know, and it was sort of Tom's biggest first gig. I recommended him. He mentioned that at the concert. Okay. Because they were yep. looking for a voice for, yep. for Heifer, and I said, oh, there's a guy, Tom Kenny, I think you should see. And, you know, and uh, so Tom and I were newer at it, but Tom was gifted pretty quickly, and I felt comfortable within, maybe after the first season, I started to feel a little bit more comfortable. But Rocco was such a straight character, you know, that it kind of worked, you know. I, I'm, I'm not quite comfortable. You know, it was perfect for him. Yeah, he was surrounded by a bunch of Looney Tunes, honestly. Uh, did you ever want to him to go a little crazier you know what i mean did you want rocco to remain straight like that or did you always want to go farther I I with did. him i was jealous i mean i got to play one of the oh rocco mm-hmm. and, yeah. uh, and a couple others and i was jealous that they have forgot to be crazy and phil forgot to do his weird things and there's one where he was like looking at himself going yeah melba yeah melba about building his body up and he got, there was a couple episodes where he went a little crazy, but then as years went by and and I think about it, I I revere the fact now that he's not. Yeah. He's the eye of the hurricane. He's He's the guy that just like, no matter what's happening, um, I guess we'll be okay. You know, so that's, it's kind of sweet. He is one of the sweetest characters I've seen in cartoons in years. Yeah. He's, Laszlo was a little bit more innocent. Hey, Scott, but he wasn't quite, it's sweet because Rocco was older and had every reason to be more jaded, but he wasn't. Exactly. He worked yeah. at a whole lot of comics, and you know the phone sex operator, one of the, uh, the yes. most infamous or famous. Yes. Oh, Rocco, what are you wearing? Oh, baby, oh, baby, Mrs. Bighead. You know he's so sweet, even though he was doing phone sex. So. Yeah, I know. I rewatched that episode just yesterday, and it still cracks me up. <laughs> yeah. So you you said that you so you said you knew Tom beforehand. How long did you know Tom before doing Rocco? Through stand up comedy and sort of loosely in passing and saying hi, doing a few things together since like nineteen eighty seven. Wow. Okay. And then Rocco was ninety one. Yeah. It was the first ever pilot, and then when we were going to series, that was ninety two, ninety three. So going on six years. Wow. Okay. Sweet. Yeah. And uh, I recently heard a story where you said that uh, Robin Williams approached you about Rocco. What was that story? I was in Cobb's Comedy Club, and I was watching, I think, Jim Carrey. We were performing together, and I was emceeing for Jim Carrey, and Robin came by, and I was in the hallway. He was like, hey, man, you're Rocco. I was like, oh, hey, Robin. I met him once before at the other cafe. He's like, my daughter loves that show. I was like, well, thank you so much. I don't know what to say. Yeah. I'm going to leave. 
So that was kind of cool. And he also knew Tom pretty well too, because Tom knew Bobcat Goldblade exactly. and yeah. Bobcat was one of Robin's really good friends. So, um, but, you know, that was a, just a really cool moment to know that I had met him before at the other cafe and he was nice to everybody. Um, but for him to say that was like really flattering and like yeah. something that I do makes somebody really famous, happy. That's pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. I, I would have lost it because Robin it still is, even though he's passed, he's still one of my heroes. So that would have been amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And when we subsequently worked on both happy feet and, and, uh, I had some good experiences with him. It was just warm to everybody. What would your favorite, one of your favorite memories of, of Robin? I think talking politics when we were at the Lucas ranch, we were talking about, it was the John Kerry election and we were just, just talking a few people concerned, mm-hmm. you know, where the country was going. And then we, his driver gave me a ride home cause I lived, he used to live in Seacliff and I was at 14th and Lake in San Francisco. So, you know, we went home and we just talked politics the whole way in the car, you know, and it was nice. It was just kind of real. Yeah. And then obviously, you know, him coming out, one of the famous, most real moments when we were in Sydney and we were doing um, Happy Feet 2. And Jeff Garcia, another comic, and I would go out every night and do stand-up. And Elijah Wood would come to the shows. And one night, Robin said, you know, I'd love to go. And we brought him. And we went to this place called the Sugar Mill, this little pub in Sydney. And we were doing our thing. We sat down with Robin and, and Elijah. And everybody started to react. And... Robin was not going to go on stage, but he was dragged on stage and busted out and did about 20 minutes of stand up. And it was just, I was part of this show and this very special night that will, you know, obviously now never happen again. But yeah. even then, it was just a special, special night. And that was incredible to be there. My wife was there with me. She was my fiance at the time. Oh, wow. So, yeah, we got to share that night. Pretty, 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 pretty cool. And sit at his table, you know. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing, amazing. So, um, one of your other voices is probably your most annoying voice. I think is the Chihuahua dog from Taco Bell. Yeah. How did you land that yeah. role? Um, I just auditioned, you know, and Terry Berland was the casting director, and I get in there, and um, I, I do land a little Yo quiero Taco because and Terry Berland's like, no, you know, everybody else has been doing that. Just do something closer to your own voice, and like Yo quiero Taco Bell. Yo quiero Taco Bell. She's like, try a little deeper. Yo quiero Taco Bell. All right, thanks. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that was a waste of time. And uh-huh. then we made a demo. And then they really liked the demo. And then it just took off. Yeah, that dog was everywhere. Yeah. Went, went nuts. I hear that so, even some people protested that you were voicing that Chihuahua dog. Yeah, I think, you know, it, it was pre-9-11, so people needed a scapegoat for something. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Um, and it was kind of silly, because it was a dog, and it was actually, the voice was not stereotypical. It was, no. It was like playing against type. There was this female dog, Gidget, who was supposed to be a male, who wasn't like, oh, I love Taco Bell. He was just like, hey, man, this food is cool. <laughs> and I thought... Wow, and yeah, people chose to get mad and make it a cause for them, and then there were other Latinos that were like, ignore them, they're just silly, don't worry about it, and I just thought, I'm on Hollywood Squares, I'm sitting below Whoopi Goldberg because I'm the voice of this dog, and it's just, I, wow. it was all surreal to me, you know? Wow. <laughs> yeah, so it was a little silly, but, um, you know, you'll, if you notice, 
yo quiero taco bell vivo gorditas and you go skip ahead 16 years or whatever to uh uh inside out and the brazilian helicopter flight going come fly with me gatinha <laughs> pretty much the same guy you pretty much yeah that's true yeah we mentioned that you do a ton of voices a ton of um impersonations one of my favorite ones of yours has got to be mike wazowski yep i didn't know i i had it in me i had an old vhs vhs i think it was brian monroe at uh, disney character voices and said you know you're a tenor you could probably do this mike wazowski thing i'm like i i don't know how to do billy crystal so i went rented forget about paris or forget paris um the movie where he's the basketball referee with Deborah Winger. Mm-hmm. And I watched it, I watched it, and I did it, and I did it. And then I would go in there and I'd do my Billy Crystal doing Mike Wazowski. And then they go, oh, it's a little too muppety. And then I started to watch his lip flap. Oh, we've got to get out of here. So like, the way his lips flapped and, oh, painted, I just started to get it. And after like 35 hours of it, I was just doing, I'm doing Mike Wazowski. Wow. You know? So do you pretty much do him um, only for everything besides the movies does billy do just the movies and I, that's it pretty much i do commercials i've done games uh interactive games interactive toys so most of the toys or games are probably me okay there was a live Ed, epcot opening too where i did that too all right where's the power switch oh brother hold on sorry help me and so while everybody's watching this live at a parade they had no idea that we had pre-recorded it and it was me yeah, yeah. You know, they buy they they buy that it's Mike Wazowski, and so that's kind of fun. You know, it's a it's kind of fun to do that. Yeah, when, a, when voice a, actors get an opportunity. It's a very fun character, even though you didn't originally create it, but still a fun character. Yeah, you want to stay true to what he did, you know, and stay true to the character that they created. So it's a challenge. And Bowser's doing that with Puss in Boots. Christian Lands also does uh, some Puss in Boots stuff. Um, so yeah, we want to make sure we stay true to the characters. Did you do the voice yeah. for the Disneyland ride as well? Um, I don't, I think so. The Disneyland ride that I saw is that you go through their shop. And I don't know if Wazowski's in that. I'm trying to think. The Maybe one, the in one in California Adventure has Mike in it. I probably did do that then. I would probably argue that I did. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't see Billy doing that. It's because, obviously, for them, it's not um, lucrative, you know, because they're not going to get residuals. They're just going to get a session for you. Yeah, and yeah. Like, no, I don't. It's, a, it's wonderful for us because we get exactly. a session fee and, and we get work. Exactly. So, you can't complain about that. Yeah, we like it. So tell me, yeah. a, tell me about your current work. What are you working on right now? I'm working on Elena Vavalor. And I play Skylar. And uh, he's like, I can't do Latin America. Okay, princessa, wherever you want to go, let's go. <laughs> so he's a pretty cool character. And I think I had a good launch last Friday. Nice. Um, I'm working on Fairly Odd Parents. I've just been brought in to do some voices on Clarence on Cartoon Network. I work on Wabbit. I play a bunch of different characters on the show Wabbit, uh, directed by Matt Craig and Colette Sunderman. Um, it's, you know, but Bergman is doing Bugs Bunny. And, and I think Dee is doing Daffy. And, uh, I play Shameless Ashanti, uh, oh. really upright leprechaun. And uh-huh. I play Lester P. Lily Legs, which is a bad Jack Lemon character. Let me tell you, bunny, you're not <laughs> going to get the best of me. And then I play Tad, this adventure guy. He's like always doing reality television. And uh, this week's episode was all about today. I'm going to have one of these lovely ladies arise 
Oh, how about this rose? Oh, I'll get you, rabbit! You know, Bugs is always with with my three characters. Bugs is always, and then then I play a guy named Baxter Badger, who's kind of my uh, bad version of uh, Sam Elliott, Baxter uh-huh. Badger. Yes. Yes. So I get to play a bunch of characters on Wabbit. Um, what else? Uh, Puss in Boots, I play Mayor Temet also. Yo, where is my barrel? I have to jump in my barrel and hide. Um, um, just did, uh, went back and did a Sophia the First. I did Hey Arnold the movie. Um, I was in the Inside Out. Uh, what else am I working on? I have to look at my schedule, but... Uh, <laughs> Fairly odd parents this morning, and hopefully knock on one more new episode. We're finishing up yeah. <coughs> ADRing the latest season. So Mr. Cucker, Timmy Turner, and the mayor, and the choppy, and one well, Bissimo occasionally. Um, and let's see, voiceover. I think that's uh, um, all I can think of right now. I think there's a few other things out there. I just did a movie, hopefully it's going to be on Netflix, called SB Bound. With Tony Revolori, who was in Grand Budapest Hotel and now the new Spider-Man. Okay. And I got a fun little part in that. I'm going to do some ADR for that coming up. Um, but uh, I've just been auditioning lately, so um, I don't know um, the other shows that I'm working on. I'd have to go to my IMDb page and cheat, you know. Oh, I'm <laughs> yes. also working on this. I know. One it, of the it, things I, I want to go back and research is the original... Um, Spyro the Dragon, because that was the original Spyro. Yeah, I saw that. That really comes up at that. Yeah, that comes up at cons, and it's something that I kind of forgot because I really was just, I was new at it. I didn't know that it was that big of a thing, you know? Um, um, So I was like, oh, okay, this is great. Who was it that Um, took over? Oh, Batman. I did uh, Mech versus Mutants. I'm Bane again. I'm reprising. Yes, uh, yes, perfect. My Bane voice for. Max versus Mutants, Batman. Good, I'm glad you're getting that because your Bane was incredible. Well, thank you. And that was another thing where Andrea Romano goes, do you want to just come in and do, and do a, a character? I'm like, okay. And I'm like, who's Bane? I had no idea. Yeah. I, I'm, a jo- I'm a jock. Sports <laughs> is my comic books. So I didn't know that I was getting involved in this iconic character. And so for people to go, dude, you're, you're in Bane. I'm like, holy cow. I did, you're Bane. I'm like, I didn't know it was this big. I mean, wow, this is cool. I'm Bane. You're like one of the only you know? characters to actually break the Batman. So it's an honor. I broke the Batman. I was going to bury him in a grave in the uh, <laughs> Legion of Doom one or whatever. Yes, yes. Um, and unfortunately, I was on Border Town, which got canceled. I played Placido. Okay. And uh, that was the grandfather, that was the father of Man, uh, Manny. And uh, I played uh, El Coyote. So, unfortunately, that didn't last long. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Oh, this year I was in Transformer Robots in the Skies. I played Hammer, Anvil, and Nigel. Um, so, look at that. I'm reading off the I'm cheating. Yeah, you're learning something but, new every day. Uh, yeah. Oh, right, yeah, I've played a uh, character on Moonbeam City, the short-lived comedy, comedy sexual show. Um, but um, I actually was the voice of Hervé Valachez in Pixels. Oh, yeah, oh, that's, yeah, but yeah, yeah. The thing was, that voice didn't sound like Hervé because they wanted me to anglicize everything. I said, we want you to be Hervé Valachez, all right? Then you won't be able to understand him because of his accent. <laughs> They're like, no, can you make it more American? And I looked at it, I'm like, that's not a good... Yeah. 
No. It's not him at all. Yeah. <laughs> but, so I had to change it. So I was proud, but not so proud. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. So, yeah, I've been working on camera. I did a couple episodes of a show called Crossroads of History, which is on Night School on the History Channel. I played Christopher Columbus, where I acted in Spanish. And then I played a Scottish doctor during the smallpox episode. So I've been able to mix it up. I am almost completed a short film of mine called The, uh, the Callback with Lorraine Newman and Mindy Sterling and Cedric Yarbrough and an actor named Robert Peters, Eric Chavaria, Tara Strong is in it. She plays a reader. She's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully that'll be coming out soon. We talk about it every day. I talked about it with Tara and, and Darren, is how to give ourselves more of an on-camera presence to, to let the world know, as, as you know, that we're really good, you know? voiceover actors, because that's where the good jobs come from. When you get on camera, you start to get, you know, uh, offered the, the features, you yes. know, more prominent roles, you know? Yeah. But even though we're, we're, nothing has changed about our skill level, it's just the publicity, so. So you mentioned finishing up the Hey Arnold movie. Can you tell me anything about the Hey Arnold movie? Um, it's coming back, they're going back to the roots to look for um, her parents. For Arnold, his parents, Arnold and I play Eduardo, who was kind of, um, Eduardo was their kind of guide in the jungle. That I knew your parents. I will take you to them. They're supposed to be still here. So it's an adventure back into the jungle, and they run into bad guys and things like that. That's as much as I know, okay. or maybe can tell. Yeah. But it's happening, and Craig Bartlett was excited to, to get it going again, and um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I am, I am too. I it was such another good Nickelodeon show, so I'm glad they're actually bringing back some of these classics. And like you said, hopefully, yeah. knock on wood, Rocco's coming too. So that'd be amazing. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's not official, but it, I think it's kind of official, unofficial, official. So who knows? You know, but um, yeah, if that comes out, I definitely want to. I would be excited to hit the cons and and do some more live stuff and yeah. meet meet fans, meet new fans and. Uh, the old fans love it. They're very loyal. So that's what I'm excited for is to meet more fans of Rocco because that's my favorite, you know? Yep, yep. I don't want to keep you much longer. Um, Did you have anything you want to promote, maybe your Twitter or Facebook or anything? Oh, yeah. You can find me at Carl Salas Rocky Twitter. I do live Facebooking from time to time. I'm on Instagram as well. Um, I'm also on Facebook. The Carlos Salas Rocky is a new fan page that my friend Justin set up. I'm going to be at the Pensacola Con... I should get the dates for you. Let me do that so we do this correctly. Okay. And I, think I will be in Lexington in, from March 10 to 12, 2017 at the Lexicon, I think they call it, in Lexington, Kentucky. And then I will be at the February 17th through 19th Pensacola Con. I think it's called Pensacon in Pensacola, Florida. Nice. So, you know, hopefully by that time, Rocco will be up. Yes. I'll be signing, singing. I'll be doing some more live things, you know, for, for people who want to come and say hello. And, uh, yeah, after being a part of uh, Voice Actors Rock, I was just really it cemented it, how proud I am to be a voiceover actor and be swimming amongst, you know, talent mm-hmm. like uh, like there is. And it's a pretty cool thing. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. It's amazing. So, Carlos, thank you so much for your time. This has been amazing. I'm a, I'm a huge thank fan you. of your on-camera, your comedy, and your voiceover work. So this has been amazing. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Can I get you to close the episode out as Rocco? 
Hello, everyone. I'm just hanging out with my good friend, Tim Nidell, and Saturday Morning Rewind. And speaking of Rewind, there might be some good Rocco news. Thanks for listening. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Saturday Morning Rewind. Please check them out on Facebook and Twitter. And that's all, folks.